0: Praise the Lord, and you may be seated. God is so good to us, and we are so grateful to be in his holy presence. And this morning I summarized, or tried to anyway, pastor's message on God lives in a three-room house. And one of the things that he did that was so overwhelming is he kept finding threes that helped explain the tabernacle. Outer, inner, holy. And then faith, hope. Charity, and then Passover, Pentecost, and then Tabernacles, the atonement. And of course, those are all uh, examples that God gave to us to help us see, even a child can understand, that the Lord wants to be on the inside of us. And uh, He wants us to find and feel after Him, and receive not just the bible said he gave us exceeding precious promises that we might be partakers of the divine nature you know I, I had forgotten that first part i've read those promises because it's in the book of peter and it says add to your faith diligence he said if you have faith you've got to do something about it if you really have faith You have to add to it, and to your faith virtue, and to your virtue, and and he went through all of these things that we were supposed to add. He has given unto us exceeding precious promises that by these we might, and I had always read that second part first, escape the corruption that is in the world through lust, but that's not the first part. The first part is, be partakers of the divine nature. And this is why I don't think unless you have the Holy Ghost, you can confess that Jesus is the Son of God because people who have not been in the inner sanctum do not ever believe they can be like Jesus. If you've never gone into the Holy of Holies, then you will never accept the fact that he called you in there to impart to you what he is so that when you walk out, you're just like him. Most people don't want that responsibility. So it's a lot easier to say, well, yes, Jesus is the son of God. If you say that, then you're going to have to turn around and eventually say, and so am I. Because the Bible said, now are we the sons of God. Well, we don't go around going, I am, the son. I am the son of God. I have graduated from the friend to the son because most of us know what that's going to mean. But what, what do you think would happen if there were a bunch of people who said, I am not going to be a 30 percenter? I 'm not going to spend all my time repenting and crying over things I've done. in fact, I believe the Holy Ghost is so powerful it's going to help me quit it and if I can't quit it all at once I, I'm going to keep going back till it's no longer a thing with me because I believe he can break every chain now obviously that is so private and personal nobody nobody can uh, jerk you around and go now believe now say with me I believe I believe I believe I mean, <laughs> This is a, a growth thing, any more than hollering at a hibiscus plant in my front yard is going to make it grow. But if we practice the outer court, those are things I can do. I can do outer. Now, inner, inner, I do have to have oil to light the lamp. In other words, if I don't read the Bible, the Lord can't get it in my head, Right? So there are, I take time to go inside and like, illuminate me. Show me, give me a scripture for where I am. I don't understand where I am. And then the light will dawn on will go, oh, hallelujah. And how many times have you been in a church service? And the Lord just get up and through his messenger speak to you as if he had read every thought you've ever thought and read your feelings. And oh, my word is just overwhelming. That's a lampstand moment. And then you're just so hungry to hear something good because your day's been awful. Your week's been awful. Whatever, all you've heard is depressing and dark and sad. And you walk in and you hear something. (gasps) Oh, my Lord. And it revives and you have hope and you're being fed now. And you're like, oh, that's so awesome. Thank you, Jesus. I, I know you can do something. Hallelujah. And that's where that hope comes from. You know what I'm saying? When we leave faith where if I do this, God will do this. And you get into it and you're like, wow, there are all kinds of things in here that are giving me hope. And then the fragrance. Oh, my Lord, the praise. As we begin to praise the Lord and you smell the incense. It's just glorious. But change doesn't take place in the second room. Change takes place in the presence. And so... What do you suppose would happen if all the people said, I'm going into the second room? I am gonna stop doing things over and over again. I want what's in that second room. So we started making a trek. I'm going to read the Bible more and I'm going to talk to God and I'm going to ask him to open my mind and I'm going to bring my problems to that altar and then I'm going to leave them. I'm going to kill the cows and the sheep and the goats and then I'm going in there and I'm going to let the Lord talk to my head and talk to my heart. And then once you get used to going in there, all of a sudden it's like, oh, i got to have more. <laughs> Blessed are those that hunger and thirst after they shall be filled. And then what happens, what drives us into that presence sometimes, the Bible said, come boldly to the throne of grace that we might find mercy and grace to help in time of need. I'm telling you what, something happens to your family. God knows how to drive us to the throne room. If you love anybody and something happens to them, I guarantee you, you'll holler. Even if you're not used to it, you'll holler, you'll yell, you'll get a hold of God. And that's what they used to say when I was a kid growing up. We have got to get a hold of God. Well, what is that? That's another way of saying praying through. Praying through what? Praying through the noise of the outer court where there's a whole bunch of people milling around and talking and sheep are dying and cows are moving and kids are screaming. And you get past that into the quiet of the lamp and the incense and the bread. And then suddenly it's like, i got to have more, I've got to touch, I've got to get into where that box is i got to get into the dark. And there have been many times I have felt like saying to the Lord, lift the lid and let me climb in there and cover me up with mercy. And you know what? The Bible says, under the everlasting arms and his wings. And what do you think it means in Psalms 91 and verse 1 when it says, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. You know what he's talking about? Behind that curtain. And you know what we call that? Praying through. I've prayed through my junk. I've prayed through the holy place. I'm not leaving till I touch the holy of holies. And the holy of holies touches me. And you know when you've been there. You know. And I remember many times when there were people in the church that I attended as a child growing up. Who would not leave the prayer room. Until they grabbed hold. And you knew when they broke through. It was otherworldly. They didn't care what people thought in the dark. I've been in those places. When Caitlin was sick, I, I went there on a regular basis, desperate. I had to have something from God. What do you think would happen if there were a group of people who were dedicated to the third place? Well, that's what the day of Pentecost was. But before the day of Pentecost... There was the book of genesis i want to talk to you tonight about the power of unity everybody say the power of unity now see i think that a lot of people come to church and they feel like they have climbed a mountain if they get to repent Whew, boy i feel so much better and they stop right there then there are other people who are like I, i'm in the word I'm in the Word. I know the Word, and I quote the Word, but they've never gotten into the, I can't control this thing moment, but there is that third part, and in the beginning, in Genesis 2, 24, so just go with me, (laughs) It was much for me. I think this was my response to pastors last three weeks. I was like, Lord God, what would happen if a whole bunch of people got through the first part, the second part, and hit the third? Whoa. So Genesis 2, 24 said, a man will leave his father and his mother. Now, that's the relationship that got him here. Cleave to his wife. Now he's moving into a more intimate relationship, and they become one flesh. You can say they are united. They become one flesh. Now, here's what's amazing. This is Old Testament. Everybody say Old Testament because the Holy Ghost wasn't poured out. And we know that the the fall and the failure happened in the Old Testament. So the Old Testament is a depressing place to be, except we've got to go there because that's what life looks like without Jesus on the inside. Because that entire Old Testament was a story about a family. Did y'all know that all those Israelites were cousins with each other and relatives? They were relatives. This was their family being destroyed. You do understand that. That we, the Bible is following a family that fell apart because God was no longer the center. Everybody say, Amen. amen. It's always been about family because notice in the beginning it was in a marriage. And then the devil broke that up between God and man. Well, now, here's Genesis 11, 1. Now, this just blew my mind. I literally listened, and the Lord took me to scriptures. And the whole earth, look here, the whole earth was of one language and one speech. Now, you would think that was a good thing. Wow, what kind of unity, what kind of harmony, Everybody was like everybody. And verse 6 said, the Lord said, everybody say, the people is one. They have all one language. And they began to do. Well, these are the principles of getting things done. You would have thought God would have said, awesome. But you know what the problem was? They were one, but not with him. They were one language, but not his. And they were doing stuff, but not God directed. And guess where we're going? We're going right back to that. Did you hear me? That is what the earth is going to wind up. As it was in the days of Noah, the people are going to be one, one language. They are going to be united. And it's going to be the most wicked, evil thing that has ever been produced on this planet. Do you hear me? Because it's not rooted and directed in God. They begin to do. And nothing will be restrained from them. They have one language. They're beginning to work. They're going to accomplish. Because they're going to. They've agreed. And they're going to do it. And then this was what God's reaction was. To all this unity. Verse 7. Let's go down. And mess it up. It's not rooted in me. It's not going to come into any good. We're going to confound their language so they can't understand one another. Verse 8. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence on the face of the earth, and they left off to build the city. Why? Why? because it wasn't God's direction. It wasn't God's plan. It wasn't God's purpose. It was the purpose of man and God stopped it and he's gonna stop it again. The Bible said in the New Testament, except the Lord shortens the days, no flesh is gonna be saved. But he is gonna shorten it because the world is gonna get in oneness again, one government, one church, One direction, and it's going to be antichrist. But my Bible says the government shall be on his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Don't you be afraid of what's coming. You already know what is. And every knee's going to bow. And then in the middle of all this chaos... And commotion that God deliberately let happen. The earth began to fall apart. And God had to call one man. And God called Noah and his family. Then God called Abram and Sarah and their family, Isaac. And then God called Isaac and Rebekah. And he called Jacob and his family. And from Jacob and his family, God made a nation in the earth. Now, God directed all of this, but I want you to notice that it started with a family. It did not start with a language. It did not start with a social project. It did not start with building the economy. It did not start with building cities. It did not start with helping the poor. It started with a family that had a relationship with God. That's what he started with. And I'm talking about the power of unity. And God used Israel and his DNA. His genetic material. And let me tell you how powerful unity is. And you can see why the devil is going to try to impose unity. That does not spring from love or relationship. He is going to overpower people and make them bow. Everyone who doesn't take the mark, what's going to happen to them? People aren't going to take that mark because they've all bought in. They're going to take it to stay alive. That's what they're going to do. And right now, I get to choose to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And and God did not want to compel Noah. And Isaac and Abraham and Jacob. He wanted a relationship. He made them a covenant. He is a covenant keeping God to this day. And he's never going to force anybody in this church or any other to serve him. But when we choose the way, then comes the life. Hallelujah. The way and the truth and the life. And God wants it willingly. He wants a family. He doesn't want a corporation. He is not interested in my ability. There may be a lot of people that have a lot better ability. He's not interested in ability and skill set. He is interested in who loves him. And that's supposed to be a given in a family. Psalm 133 and 1. This is very different than what I read to you in Genesis. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for who? Say it. That's a family connection. He said, I want brethren, I want a family to dwell together in unity it's good and it's pleasant now let me tell how powerful it was even in the old testament second chronicles 5 13 through 14 so here are all of israel's kids and grandkids and great great grandkids and they're all cousins related to each other do you understand that you do know that every time they all met together they were family right all those people were related all of them had the same dna they were cousins, that's my cousin. They could go to anybody in the house of Israel and go, that's my cousin. Which is why we call each other brother and sister here because God did not demand DNA, but he did demand experience. You're not interested in your genetic material. He's interested in your connection, your relational connection. And what happened was when they were dedicating that first temple that one that the jews longed for it would be the third one if they ever build it it came to pass that as the trumpeters who were cousins and the singers who were cousins were as what one they got together in a oneness they agreed i'm gonna play my part while i'm playing you be singing and they all got together now they weren't doing the same notes, maybe not even the same position, but they were in harmony with each other. Everybody say harmony. Harmony. They were one to make one sound to be heard in doing what? Praising and thanking the Lord. Here is a family now who's gotten their music together, gotten their singing together, and now they've gotten their words together. They're all praising and thanking. When they had lifted up their voice with trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and they praised the Lord. And the Bible even tells us what they said. And I want you to say it with me. Saying, for he is good. Next slide. His mercy endureth forever. The whole family was saying this. At the same time, in one voice with the music together and the singing together and the congregation hollering out together, that then something profound happened. The house was filled with a cloud. Even the house of the Lord There was a cloud that came down because of all that unity. So that the priests could not stand to minister. The priests who were supposed to be inside that house. The cloud was so thick they couldn't even go in. They had to leave for the glory of the Lord filled the house. And you know how it did it? People got the power of unity. The trumpets were doing their thing for the glory of God. And the singers were doing their thing for the glory of God. And the congregation was saying thank the Lord his mercy Endures forever. I want us to try that right now. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, for He is good. His mercy endures forever. Now, they may, that may not mean anything to you, and yet, unless it's your kid that is messed up and you don't have a big enough sacrifice, you can't pray for your child when your child cannot pray for himself and find mercy. Power of unity. And it was so amazing that God came down, and the people that were supposed to continue worshiping couldn't because the glory of the Lord filled the house. Well, let me tell you something about that family. They got lost. Israel is nothing but ruins in the city of Jerusalem where all their worship was supposed to happen. They are a lost family. They are so lost. They are scattered over the ends of the earth. And in 1948, they started coming back. But I'm telling you, Jacob's family has been destroyed. And then, World War II, six million of them slaughtered like pigs, like animals. And ever since that the Old Testament is the story about what happens to a family. I don't care how rich you are. There were rich Jews in the Old Testament. And I don't care how poor you are. Poor doesn't mean humble and doesn't give you access to God. And so finally the New Testament happens. Finally, God said the most I can do with this lost family is take their genetic material and pour myself into it and during one of the worst times in history when the Roman Empire was stomping its jack booted feet all over the Middle East there was so much blood that filled the streets of Jerusalem they hung people and they hung them up so everybody would see them can you imagine the oppression and the terror and the Jews that lived in Jerusalem were not poor people they were rich they were wealthy and they were chafing under the rule of the Roman Empire and Jesus didn't come to be born in Jerusalem. He went to the outskirts of that little poor dirty city of Bethlehem and was born in a manger and came to those people and they did not receive him but God did a new thing 50 days after the Passover after they killed him and he hung on the cross and suddenly the power of unity asserts itself again and people finally said I want to be with you Jesus I'm going where you're going even though I failed you I'm going to show up when Jesus said get to the room and sit there and wait until you get something from on high And the Bible said, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they found the power of unity. They were all in one accord, in one place, and suddenly, just like in Chronicles, when the family got together and got in one mind and one accord, there came a sound from heaven. Like a wind and filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. In the Old Testament, when the fire fell, people were terrified when the law was given however many years before Jesus. And the fire was on top of the mountain. Moses said, I'm terrified when the law was given. But on the day of Pentecost, there were 3,000 people who were not slain because they touched the mountain. They were slain in the spirit. Spirit and the fire sat upon each of them and they spoke with tongues, the power of unity. The Spirit gave them utterance. They didn't practice a foreign language. They got past their flesh. They got past, well, who's the greatest tiger in the jungle? Well, who's the biggest one among us? Well, who's going to have the best position? Well, who's gonna handle the money? Well, who's gonna take care of the business? They obeyed when he said, You go sit and wait for me to give you power. Hallelujah. You shall be, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you'll witness. I've been in the room. I've seen him. I've been behind the curtain. I've been where the mercy seat is. Hallelujah. And you'll go back and you won't have to force yourself to tell somebody you won't be able to keep it to yourself just what would happen that's New Testament oneness that's New Testament now here we go the New Testament that was God and man now here we go man and God Ephesians 2 5 through 6 This was written to a church. This was not written to strangers and sinners on the street who did not understand sacrifice and did not understand repentance and did not understand baptism. He said, when we were dead in sins, quickened us, just me, myself, and I. He said, oh, I want to make Israel's kids again. I want you to be brothers and sisters to each other. You don't have the same jobs you don't have the same backgrounds you don't speak the same language i mean you know we speak Nerk here and some of us speak other language down under and he said but i want to make israel's kids out of you and yet i want to go further than israel's kids i don't want you to be his kids i want you to be my kids which means i'm gonna have to give you my dna The Holy Ghost is referred to, in some versions of the Bible, as divine sperm. I can't make that any clearer. Because it is the genetic material from heaven that allows you to get over yourself and allows me to get over my differences and allows me to say, I too can be like Jesus. Would you lift your hands right now? I feel the Holy Ghost. The power of unity. Can you understand how the devil wants you to keep divided from one another, hating and being jealous and malicious? He wants to point out everybody's faults to you so that, and he'll know how you respond whether or not you've been to the mercy seat. That is a mic drop. He said he's quickened us together with Christ. And raised us up where? Together. And made us sit together. You you don't come here to CAC because your daddy did and your mama did. God's trying to break that kind of mentality. He wants you to come here because he wants to make something new out of the DNA that's sitting in these seats He's raised us up together and made us sit I want you to understand that where the Ark of the Covenant is there is no place to sit except where God sits which is the mercy seat I'm gonna tell you something when you get behind that mercy seat and i know that we have to have the spirit of god pastor went down deep y'all he went to isaiah the 11th and he said he's going to give him the spirit of wisdom and counsel and knowledge and the spirit of the fear of the lord there are seven spirits there when god asks you to sit in judgment i'm gonna tell you what he's not asking you to sit in judgment at the outer court well look at that cow must have done something bad Hmm, wonder who's down at the altar tonight. Wonder what they did. Wrong place. That is the wrong place. Well, how many people are in the holy place today? Not too many people showing up for prayer. Wonder how many people are reading their Bible. Let's keep track of it and we'll give certificates and I'll count to see how many people. That's not the place of judgment. You know where the place of judgment is? He said, I'm going to take you behind the curtain that I ripped open. And i'm gonna scoot over on this mercy seat i want you to sit with me in mercy and what comes out of your mouth toward your brothers and sisters in the congregation toward your children and every other person you come in contact with i want it to be the language of mercy my god bow your heads right now and close your eyes woe is me for i am a man of unclean lips and i dwell in the midst of an unclean people, and lo, an angel took a call from the altar. I want you to touch your mouth right now and say, Lord, touch my mouth with a coal from an altar. Cleanse me of things I have said. I want mercy to come out of my mouth. Oh, God, cover me in the blood of the Lamb. When I talk about someone, I don't want to see their fault. I want to see their need. I want you to lift your hands right now. There is revival in the house. God does not want me to judge someone somebody else. He wants me to sit on a seat of mercy and speak life. The power of unity. And he doesn't want just Janice Shostrand to go there. He's making an all call tonight. He is looking for men and women and boys and girls who will say, I will pay whatever it pays to get over myself and out of that holy place and get myself into the presence. So I stop looking at people and judging them. I only want to see Jesus. And once I get my eyes on Jesus, suddenly I am transformed into that image. And all I can Speak as the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cover you with mercy. Suddenly I feel love for everybody. I want you to lift your hands. The Holy Ghost is trying to pull you from the outside to the inside. Oh God. The power of unity. Ephesians 2, 19 through 20. Dude, you're no more strangers and foreigners. He said, I'm gonna take you people who were not a people. I don't care if your family came off the Mayflower. Your people tracked somewhere from Africa. Everybody came out of Mesopotamia somewhere. There's nobody here who gets to be boastful. Not a single soul or dirt and we're going back to it. But he said, I don't want you to be a stranger anymore and a foreigner. I want you to be a fellow citizen with the saints and not just Jacob's household. What does it say? And the household of whom? Anybody want to go to God's house? You can sit in this house and still not be in his. If you do that, I don't want to embarrass anybody. I'm going to look up. Where are your children right now? They sit next to you. Hmm. Who's going to go inside for them and stand before that mercy and go? You're so awesome. See my boy right here, I give him to my girl. Lord, I know they've done things that are worthy of death, but Just like you've done for me. Save. Save. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And suddenly you leave your petitions behind. And suddenly, I'm in the presence. What's happening? I'm changing. I'm changing. I'm changing. I'm changing. I'm losing myself. How quickly would it take you to lose yourself in the presence of Jehovah? Well, I don't want anybody to see me. I don't want... My God in heaven is eternal life and he's given you a chance to touch it. He's giving you a chance for it to touch you. And he said, you're part of my household and I built you on the foundation of apostles and prophets. People that were sent as special messengers and prophets. You say, well, I don't even know what you're talking about. You're here tonight, aren't you? Every word out of my mouth is for every single person in this room right now. Tonight. He didn't send me to Africa. That word may go across the miles and the digital airwaves. And somebody in Africa may get in and go, that's for me. When that word was intended for you, and you and you and you and you and you. I'm calling you. Come, come, come. I need your hands. Come, I need your feet. Jesus himself being the cornerstone, and here we go. Well, I only like certain people in my church. Mm. Hadn't been by, through that curtain, have you? Hadn't been behind door number three. Well, I only like it when so-and-so sings. it mm. be better that you not say that because you're revealing yourself. You're revealing your heart. Well, I don't like, mm. hush, just hush. Don't say that. This Laodicean church that had every blessed thing was lacking the one. Where was Jesus? Outside of that church knocking on the door saying, let me in on a relationship. He said, I chose this building and I'm putting you together so that together, not by yourself, I'm going to call Denise, she's going to go all the way, and then I'm going to call that one over there, and I'm going to put those two together, and when they agree, they're going to get things done in my name, and then, wait, I'm going to add this one over here. What are you doing? I am building the third temple, and it's not going to be over there in Jerusalem. It's here, right here, and the question is, what kind of building block are we? Oh God, I don't want to miss out on this. I do not want my petty. Oh God, I don't want to miss it. I want to get in unity. I want to get in unity with you. Go with me. He said, it grows to a holy temple in whom you are builded. Where? Where? Yell it. For what? What is the purpose of God building relationships in this church between each other through our visits to the holy and the holy of holies? He said, I want to come and abide in your midst when y'all get together. I want to come. And he said, I am coming for those who love my appearing. I'm coming for those who love it when I show up in service and mess everything up. I'm coming for those people. Oh, uh, close your eyes. Again, I feel the Holy Ghost wrestling with me. How much am I willing to give? How much am I willing to do? Ephesians 4, 3. Well, God wants more than just dwelling in a three-room house. He wants 53-room houses. I can skip over you, but God won't. You can hide from me, but not from him. You can sit there in your life and you can go, no one knows. I'm sorry, but the one who's the most important knows exactly where you are in the house. You in the house and the house in you. And he said, when you get together, I want you to endeavor to keep that unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. We are commanded to keep unity together Ephesians 4:13 till we all come in the unity we keep going to the outer, the inner, and the holy. Outer, inner, holy. Outer, inner, holy. Till the young people get it. Outer, inner, holy. And the elders keep doing outer, inner, holy until they become pillars in the sanctuary. Outer, inner, holy. To the little kids are speaking in tongues, and the teenagers are speaking in tongues, and the papas are speaking in tongues, and the mamas are speaking in tongues. And then when the church together, Then the Lord will inhabit the temple he has created through our unity. Oh, lift your hands right now. I want it. I want it. I want it. He said, I want you to come to unity of two things. Faith. And you know where faith starts in the outer court. He said, I want people who know the necessity of the outer court and never stop killing lambs. And I already told you what the sacrifices of the Lord are. It's me. I'm the goat, not the greatest of all time, but the one whose throat is slit. The one who says, take my life. Take it, open it. I don't want to go through this. I don't want this illness. I don't want this sickness. I don't want this child. Lord, I offer my life to you. Everything I've been, I don't want to use it for your life. What's it making you do? I cry out in the night. Lord, use me. Oh, and suddenly a name comes to my mind. What are you doing? I'm praying for the saints of the Most High God. I've been in that dark place. I'm becoming a peacemaker, an ambassador, and a son of God. I need someone to agree with me. Oh oh, 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 I'm about to lose my voice screaming. Oh, this is so much bigger than I don't like this church. I don't like that church. I don't like your singing. I don't like his preaching. I don't like her looks. I don't like the way they, oh my God, this is the building of the temple of the Most High. Holy, 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 holy. You are holy to the Lord. I want you to come together in faith and knowledge. I don't want you to go there one time a year at camp meeting and youth camps and NAYC. That would be every two. And occasionally on a Sunday night. And occasionally, he said, I want you to abide in me. I want you to spend your time in the outer, the inner, and the holy. Because I'm going to send you on a mission, Hataya. One of these nights, I'm going to wake you up. And a name is going to come to you. You say, well, it's all about me, my God. If you can get over you. God wants to use your mouth to speak to things that are not as though they were. He wants you to speak things in the name of Jesus. I need you to raise your hands right now. I need you to call out the name of the Lord and let the Holy Ghost speak through you right now. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. Lift it up. You know how to do that. You don't need music. Music. Oh, my God, he wants to use you mightily. But he doesn't want to use you so you can go around and brag about your prayer. He wants you to go inside that curtain and sit down with him. And fellowship and have communion. I want you to raise your hands again. I feel the Holy Ghost in an urgent way, a yearning, a yearning, hallelujah. I don't know if there's anybody that's willing to pay the price to be holy. That means not just living moral. But you say, I'm going to be a God man. I'm going to be a God woman. I just can't go with everybody. I'm a Baba Haya. I'm going to be available to him when I call his name. I expect him to show up. And guess how that works? When he calls my name, he expects me to show up. Whether people approve of it or not. Whether people pat me on the back or not. Takaya? When he says, I want you to fast, he wants a response. When he says, I want you up and out of bed and on your knees, he wants a response. The Lord gave me a word. I didn't understand it at a time. He said, I'm going to, Janice, I'm gonna send you to some people who are going to grow up and they're going to go with you. They're going to do this. And the parable of the virgins came to me, and it shook me. The story has always left me with reverent fear. The virgins went out. Five were wise and five were foolish virgins. That means they were morally pure. Oh, that would be enough for me. I'd be like, that's awesome. Morally pure, wow. You have to live a rigorous life to keep your mind under control, your actions. What you watch and what you hear. and You'd have to lead a penitent life to be morally pure. But evidently, that's not going to be enough. And they all slumbered and slept. That means every single person there, the wise and the foolish, closed their eyes and were oblivious to the time. And suddenly... At midnight, when it's dark, and people are well asleep, a cry came out. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Please notice, this was a family affair. Somebody's getting married. Remember I talked to you about what God wants? It's not going to be enough for you to come here and sign the roster. If you have not consummated your relationship with God, I can't save you. I couldn't save you anyway. But you cannot sit in a church unconsummated and unconsumed by fire. It has to happen because God is looking for people that bear his image and likeness. Go out and meet him. And both sets got up. They all had lamps. You know what lamps have in common? They are visible signs of light. And when they all started out, they all had light. But over time, listen to me. The oil, they used it up. But the difference in the wise and the foolish is the wise went beyond what other people could see and they had something tucked away. They brought something with them to the party. I am going to say that again. They brought They brought, they brought, they brought, they did the extra. They brought a vessel with them. They filled it with oil. You say, well, I don't need all those extra prayer meetings. We are in the hour of extra. Now's the time. In a vessel, it wasn't a lamp. It was just the stuff that produces the light. It was extra. And they began to fill their empty lamps with what they got on their own. Poured it into those lamps and lit the lamp themselves. Ain't no pastor, I found me something. What are you doing? I'm bringing me extra. I had to have me some extra. And they started pouring oil in those empty lamps. And the foolish that only had enough to shine when everybody was shining said, Oh, look now. Now I need what you've got. Give me what you've got. And they said, You're going to have to go do what I did. I got it on my own. Got it on my own. Oh, that I may know him. This is not a waste of time. You don't waste time coming to church Sunday night. You don't waste time coming Sunday morning and coming Wednesday and doing that extra Bible study and coming to that woman's prayer and coming to that 6.30. You know what you're doing. You're getting extra. You're gonna need it. Shall I, would you bow your heads again? I feel holy ghost. This is the hour of extra. And he said, you're gonna have to come to me to get it. Remember when pastor said apostles, well, I don't, I don't like that woman. I'm not taking that from her. Who are you going to take it from? Well, I'll take it from a prophet. Well, let's go find us a prophet then. I don't like that prophet. Okay. Well, let's go find us an evangelist. I don't like that. I want to do it at NAYC and I don't like it at church. Okay. Well, you, 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 you better get what you can get while you can get it so that you can grow up. He's coming. I feel the Holy Ghost. I have delivered my soul, Jesus. Romans 8 and 16, this is my last. The Spirit bears witness with our spirit we are children of God. And if children, then heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs, it matters how you treat a joint heir in this house. Now is the time to treat people with respect. I need you to close your eyes again. I'm going to the throne room. Lord, I'm going to the throne room for my people. This is the congregation you gave us. We are responsible. I've poured out myself like water and spent myself giving the words you gave. You are trying to bring a group of people past the outer to the inner to the dark where the mercy is. And if, I have unrepented sin in my life. I cannot make the journey inside. I can't keep doing the same thing over and over again. I've got to get clean. I can't tell you how many nights I've thought after the Holy Ghost fell on me. Please come tonight. I know I'm saved tonight. Oh, Jesus. I'm going to, I'm just going to invite you to reach out to your God. Now is the time to get your extra.